What's going on, everybody? Yep, I know exactly what you're thinking. That sweet, soothing voice is back in your ears. J-Page is back to kick things off for the A Few Too Many podcast. Season's coming out to an end for our Gonzaga Bulldogs, but uh, yeah, as always, we're right here with you guys from the end of con- conference play, conference tournament, going into March Madness. Uh, we've got a pretty full crew tonight. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jake, and super special guest, Zane. Boys, how we doing? Jay Page, this is Jake up in Seattle. It's great to hear you again. You know, it's like uh, you're the the dad who went out to get a pack of cigarettes and said you'd be back soon, but it's been a while. So good to see you back on the pod and uh, excited to talk a, a exciting week of Gonzaga basketball. What's up, fellas? Uh, super special guest host Zane here. Uh, live Spokane, Washington. As always, a brisk Spokane, Washington. Thought we were going to get an early spring. Then we got hit with uh, single-digit temperatures again this week. Uh, great to see all of my my co-hosts' beautiful faces. I think, I think this is the first time all three hosts have been on. Maybe the second time this year, 2023 maybe the second time that we've all been here. So really excited to see you boys. Really excited to break it down. Fellas, it's St. Mary's weekend. It's rivalry week for us. This is huge. Let's break it down. Can't wait to get into it with you. Always. Well, thank you for guys for the good wishes. I'm I'm just as excited to be back. Uh, we got a two-thirds intern crew tonight. Three-thirds, if you consider Baja, the uh, Coop replacement, the automatic audible. But uh, Zambi, Dan, how are we doing tonight, fellas? doing like a diaper dandy today it is cold as heck here in spokane washington and i think this is the first time in a while baja has actually been here for a recording so pretty awesome and should be a good show soup great to see baja as always what's up everybody intern dan coming to you from kirkland uh zane i feel you on the weather kind of nice little snow dump this morning while I was out on the walk with with Zoe, but uh, we made it through. All I'm going to say is thank goodness that it wasn't this cold when uh, we were out there for the great um, Penny Yard Work expedition last weekend. Electric factory. Well, hey, I feel you guys too on the cold weather. We had some uh, tough winds today and it was about 50 degrees. So we're really struggling down here in Southern California too. You know, I feel you guys in pain. Um, But Zambi, take us through the headlines. All right, we got a couple headlines for you guys this week. Leading off, College Game Day will be back in Spokane, Washington for the first time since 2009 as our Gonzaga Bulldogs ranked 12th, take on the Gales at 15th. Should be a fun one. This is just exciting. I mean, who did we even play in 2009? Does anybody know? (laughs) I believe it was Memphis. Ooh, okay, that makes sense. Like one of those few programs back then who would have actually come to the kennel. But I mean, excited, excited to see the broadcast crew. Dan, I know you love these guys. Are you, are you excited? Oh hell yeah! Anytime you got Billis in the kennel, that's great. Um, college, college game day basketball wise, just doesn't have the same punch as I think it does in football for a huge matchup. Um, but it's gonna be really cool to see in the kennel. I think the last time they were there, the game wasn't even in the kennel. I think it was a Spokane Arena game. So Correct. I just think overall the electricity in the building from you know 6 a.m. to when that game comes off at seven, it's gonna be a hell of a day in the kennel. 
I am very jealous of the students for this one. We wanted to get game day to Gonzaga. I think we had a hashtag that Brandon Lim would tweet out every once in a while from the Kennel Club Twitter. Uh, ended up not working, but um, going to be absolutely electric. I know we actually have some boots on the ground for game day. Zambi, you're going. Z Boy, are you are you making the early morning trek too? <clears throat> Z Boy will not be making the early trek. Um, totally unplanned and un unforeseen. The misses and I will be in the Tri Cities on Saturday for an Old Dominion concert. Um, been on the books for quite some time. This was not foreseen. Um, sometimes when you get married, gentlemen, you make sacrifices. And I will be sacrificing on Saturday for the sake of my future. Um, no further comment at this time. What time is the concert, Zane? I actually don't know if I'm being perfectly <laughs> honest. <laughs> Are you going to be able to watch any ounce of this basketball game? I will be going zero dark 30 on Saturday. <laughs> no chance you could pull that off. <laughs> I think, I, I mean, keep in mind, I will be in the Tri-Cities. I'll be at a concert. I don't think I need my phone. I think I can, I can go, I can, I can for sure go airplane mode. Uh, finding a replay of the game might be a challenge. I don't know how that works. But as, as the replay aficionado, Dan, do you have advice for me on how I can do this? Because I do know that you have gone zero dark 30 on several occasions. I have, but usually it's like I'm a couple hours behind and then I watch it. Um, or there was one time where I was working at NFL Network while we were playing Duke in, in uh, Maui where there were like TVs around me with the game on and I just stayed so locked into what I was doing. <laughs> and I left work that day not knowing anything about the game, was able to get home and watch it. So I did. if I was able to execute that, you might be able to do it. Yeah, I do. I do know. God bless. God bless Courtney. She was saying that we could like, I think the concert's at 730. I think the game's at seven. She was trying to find a way that like we could miss the opening acts to watch the game. And uh, I did the smart thing. I said, babe, baby, listen to me. Don't worry about this. It's just one game. We can we can watch it another time. Um, fellas, I know it sounds like a bad move right now. Sounds like I'm, I'm being a little whipped. Trust me. This is, you know, I'm just putting this one in my back pocket for a rainy day and there will be a rainy day while I will use it. So I'll be at a wedding during the time. So I in the, the same boat. Who's That's the opener? Man? I actually don't know. I can't imagine they're very good. Probably uh, someone worth missing. But honestly, I'll probably I'll probably have the game. If there's an opener, we have seats. It's not like we're in a pit. I could probably put this game on my phone in the seats. I was gonna say smart of you to put this one away with March Madness coming around the corner because uh right, right. Well, there is a little bit of a hiccup in March Madness as well, as we will be in Europe for the final foreign championship game. Uh to be determined if if that will matter. Um <laughs> But back to game day, Zambi will be there, right? <laughs> yeah, enough of this old Dominion talk. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I got tickets. <clears throat> Going to be going with uh, Jack Hunter. <clears throat> Sorry, my throat today. Um, but yeah, pretty pumped. Um, probably going to get to the kennel around 6 a.m. Uh, for our listeners, uh, keep an eye out for a special little sign. And we'll have a QR code. I promise it's not a phishing scam. 
but um yeah uh dan you were right um 2009 was at the spokane arena we lost to memphis and then so i was at game day in 2006 and we played stanford kind of crazy we had a home and home with them and i think we won by like six points or so but yeah tons of electricity gonna be in the kennel um still kind of working on getting a ticket i'm not super optimistic but worst comes to worst me and dan we can go to a bar in spokane fuck it jack and dan's i don't know uh well zambi have you picked your pregame crew yet uh if people go to twitter i, I might have a couple hints wink wink it's like find Zamblin. It's a scavenger hunt. <laughs> yeah, you gotta go to my Twitter. You gotta scan the QR code. It's, it's gonna be a lot of Easter eggs. There's a there's a four loco here. He must have been close. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> trivia trivia question for uh, for the pod here. How many players can you name on the 2006 Stanford team? Two of them are pretty easy. Oh, uh, Brooke and Robin Lopez. Yeah, there you go. Josh Childress on that team? Or is he too, was he too old? Josh Childress not on that team. Damn. I was going to do my own trivia question. That is a little easier. <laughs> when was the last time Gonzaga participated in college game day? Meaning a game that they're playing in was a part of college game day. Was it 2017 Muraga? Boom, Zambi. Let's go. Whoa. You are, yeah, you're ready to there right now. Let's go. <laughs> oh. All righty. Well, we'll keep this train moving. Second headline for you guys tonight. We had a little bracket, uh, bracket reveal, and the Zags are coming in at 15 in the West. I got I got something to say about this bracket reveal. One, I don't really have any issue with the Zags at this point. Uh, right, we'd be a four seed at fifteen um, in the West. That would be great. I'd love to be in the West. Um, this bracket is going to change substantially. Like next week, do they do this weekly? Is this going to be a weekly thing that they're doing? I think it's weekly. Yeah. Is it like the college football playoff thing? See, I don't know if it is like that. I, I'm i not sure. I, I can't remember. I know that they started doing it like maybe two or three years ago. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I can't remember if it, if it is a weekly thing. Yeah. Well, anyways, so many of these teams have already lost since this bracket was revealed, namely Tennessee at number nine. Like Tennessee might not be in the top 16 the next time there is a bracket revealed. Um UCLA at eight, they'll probably bounce up. Uh, so they're, they're, this is, you know, subject to change. I do think, I do think at this point in the season, the Zags are are probably locked into a four seed at least. I think if we lose, unless we get killed by St. Mary's or we just get embarrassed in the WCC tournament, I really can't see us dropping below 16. Um, so I feel I feel good about that. I think if we're at four, if we're at 15 right now, uh, the two teams ahead of us, Marquette, Indiana, I, I, I'll throw in another one, Kansas State. I don't think we catch Kansas State. They're kind of catching lightning in a ball right now. Um, but I think we can jump Marquette, 
And who was the other team? Indiana. I, Isn't Indiana losing right now? Did they? Are they? They losing? lost to Michigan State yesterday. Yesterday. Uh, but Marquette had a big win over Creighton. But I think um, just now Virginia lost an unranked Boston College, which by like twelve. So that should make them tumble. The ACC is not good this year. It is, it is a shit show. Yeah. I think one thing just with the um, bracket reveal, obviously us being in the West region is huge. Um, for whatever reason, though, like the other brackets that are being predicted, they're still putting us in the West region at times, but we're still getting shipped off the – Albany, New York, or something weird. So I don't know what's going on with that. I always thought that if you were a top four seed, they try and play, place you geographically, not only in your like uh, like region, but in the closest arena to you. So I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know if there's just too many teams that that are that are close. I don't know. I don't know what that's about. But staying in the West region is huge. That puts the Sweet Sixteen and Elite Eight in Vegas. We know what that place looks like when the Zags are there. So that's that's definitely where I want to be. And I think if we take care of business, do what I know that we're capable of doing, know what I've alluded to, the fact that we are going to do and run the table, I think we're the three seed in the West. So I think uh, we still have a ton to play for. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree, Dan. I think college basketball is so volatile this year. Uh, someone's going to slip up, and I think uh, – I thought <laughs> Zane was looking at me in shock, but I think there was a hiccup or – that was a that was a clear of the throat. Well, <laughs> right on. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. I think as long as we take care of business, we end up as a three seed in the West. So, fingers crossed. And that'll lead us to our third headline this week. Unless you've been living under a rock, there was a little scandal in Tuscaloosa, and Brandon Miller. Your friends are helping you renovate. Whoa, you what is that? Dinner, right? Someone take <laughs> Bad, bad timing. Um, let's recover here, boys. Um, biggest headline in college basketball right now. It came out this week through testimony at trial, police testimony, that during the, <laughs> I, I can't, I think it was Davis and Miles, or those the two players for Alabama that were implicated in a shooting that resulted in the murder of a uh, young mother. Um, it came out this week that uh, star freshman and projected, highly projected NBA lottery pick Brandon Miller was at least somewhat implicated in this uh, in this tragedy. Um, initially, reports on Tuesday came out that he supplied the weapon the gun that was actually used um, in these murders, which is obviously not good. Um, and, and, and I think the immediate, uh, aside from the fact that it was startling that Brandon Miller was implicated in this, the, the outrage, a lot of the outrage stemmed from Alabama coach Nate Oates's comments, which effectively said that, you know, Alabama was aware of, of this incident. They were aware of, Brandon Miller's uh, implications and involvement to whatever degree it was, uh, and that ultimately it was just wrong place, wrong time, quote unquote. Um, not good, not good at all from NATO. It's immediately backpedaled and apologized for those comments. 
Um, but then today, sort of a larger report came out and Brandon Miller's attorney actually released a statement which attempted to supply more facts of the incident from Brandon Miller's point of view um, and, and provided additional details, which uh, for starters indicated that Brandon Miller never actually touched the gun and instead the gun was left in the back seat of a car that he was driving um, and was perhaps going to just pick up Davis and Miles from a club. Um, there was a text message sent saying, you know, bring my firearm, bring my gun. And whether Brandon Miller received that text message before or after he was on his way to pick them up is sort of unclear at this point. Um, but ultimately, those facts seem to indicate, or they seem to lessen Brandon Miller's involvement more so than the facts Tuesday that came out. Um, at this point, I think Brandon Miller is playing tonight. If the game is on, uh, the score release statement saying that, you know, the, the police found no reason to charge Brandon Miller. They uh, other attorneys and, you know, investigators have come out and saying that intent has been a big issue here. Um, and these are all important things, fellas. But but there is still a large outcry from, you know, the non-legal side of things, which is what 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 do we think about? Alabama's handling of this situation. What do we think about, you know, potentially the NCA stepping in and saying, hey, this you know, wasn't illegal, but there is surely something, you know, it smells. This smells of something bad. Um, and potentially Brandon Miller's ability to, you know, whether he should be playing tonight. Um, so I'll open the floor, fellas, with that sort of introduction to this whole scenario. Um, what are we thinking? I think. The resounding um, response from the public seems to be more in favor that he shouldn't be playing, at least temporarily, right? Um, I think from your – just the how it looks on the program, I don't get how you can't at least, like, hey, like, maybe just sit out a game, you know? Not even for their – just to – I don't know. Maybe it blows over or whatever it might be in terms of his involvement and more, more facts come out. Just for his – I'm sure he's getting messages, I'm sure – families are getting messages i'm sure coaches are getting messages so for the sake of that i mean i, I feel like for the player safety on, on that side of it i feel like he should probably be sitting out at least a game or two i don't know that's my gut reaction um just for the look of the program it doesn't look great you know what i mean it does not look great for alabama as a program but um i don't know i'd love to get your guys thoughts on it as, as well I, I think it's a really bad look for Nate Oates, who I'd say going to the season, everyone kind of saw as like the next like kind of like big up and coming coach. Like he he's been pretty well established, but uh, you know, Alabama's been ranked very high. They've been doing well, but it just seems to me he's putting the program over the like I don't want to say institutional control because it's not about control, but like players' well beings. You know, it, it seems like he from what his comment was, it was like, as long as it's not happening at practice, like I'm not really too focused on it. And obviously I don't have insight into it, but that's just, it, it was a very uh, flippant remark. And, you know, I think Alabama should have um, Miller suspended until it's sorted out. <clears throat> yeah, I think context, context is very important in situations like these. 
And I don't know what context Nate Oates was speaking in when he made those initial comments. Maybe he thought everybody already knew the full facts that were released today. And, you know, under those facts, it does seem a little more like wrong place, wrong time. Um, maybe not totally, but at least if if the idea was that he was picking up his friends rather than handing a gun to his buddy, um, certainly the context becomes a little bit clearer and his statements could have a different meaning. Regardless of that, um, I think I, I point the finger mostly at Alabama and the way they've handled this because it's almost certainly been wrong. It feels like to everyone a cover-up, right? It feels like this was swept under the rug and you were praying it didn't come out, which is stupid because you knew it was going to come out in a public trial, right? Um, the smartest thing they could have done was suspend Miller for like a game or two in January when this all went down initially. I don't know how you really go back and all of a sudden suspend him just because there's a public outcry to suspend him. Cause that's what it kind of is. You can't, I don't know how you can like retro retroactively uh, suspend him just because trial testimonies come out. I mean, not, no facts have changed. This is all apparently stuff that police knew and apparently stuff that Alabama and Nate Oates were all informed about. So I don't know that suspending him now makes makes it better. It's it just, if anything, that might make it worse. I think they they just fucked this whole thing up from the get-go. And now it's going to be a shadow on the rest of their season, quite frankly, um, which is a shame because they've actually had a very good season and, and a historic season for their basketball program's perspective. Um, they're like kind of the bad guy in basketball right now. No one will be rooting for them. In the NCAA tournament, if they're a one seed, you know, you already have all these neutral fans rooting against you. It's going to be kind of hostile, I think, now. Um, I don't necessarily blame the fans for that either, but that's 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 what is going to happen because of how they handled this. I don't really know enough to speak about Miller and what what you know how he should be implicated in all this, but I think Alabama just big, big, big fuck up by their program here. Right when you said that, Zane, South Carolina just hit a half-court buzzer beater at half against yes. Alabama. Fuck you, Alabama. <laughs> well, Zane, fo uh, following you up in this topic is very difficult, but I just found myself nodding along with just everything you were just saying. I think um, when you first see what came out yesterday, NATO's comments, you're like, holy shit, this is horrible. This guy needs to be suspended. NATO should be fought like. There, there's so many problems with it, but if what came out today are indeed the facts, right, then it does seem like a little bit closer to wrong place, wrong time. And somebody that still probably made a bad decision, absolutely, but didn't have the intent that maybe we thought he had based on what we saw yet, based on what all came out yesterday. But I think it does just go back to the fact that they did not want anybody to know that Brandon Miller had anything to do with this when it first started, had they had said that, you know, Brandon Miller was there, Jaden Bradley was there, this was their role, like, whatever, like, I was listening to something today, like, they're not, you know, suspects, they're not part of the investigation, right? They're not, there aren't situations where Alabama or Nate Oates are prohibited from speaking about them because they're part of the investigation, right? So it's like, if they would have just come out and said, yep, this is what happened, uh, bad decision on their part being involved in this in whatever fashion, maybe you suspend him for, I don't know, like conduct detrimental to the team, violation of team rules, whatever it may be, show that there's some accountability, show that you can't 
make a decision like that that has those consequences without any sort of accountability and things are different. Um, but at the end of the day, that's not what happened. And now they're trying to clean it up. Um, but no matter what, like huge, huge uh, just impact on their season, their their public perception, Nate Oates' perception as somebody that looked like a great coach. I mean, the way that he values you know, winning over accountability and development and growth, Jake, I think that's a great call out on your part. Um, and yeah, absolutely. I think everyone's gonna be rooting against Alabama. So um, very interesting story. It'll be interesting to see if there are any other developments, um, but uh, just absolutely crazy, honestly. So um, I don't know what else there is to say about it. Yeah. Um, I'll close this out uh, real quick. Um, I do think a suspension, it's kind of point of no return at this point. Because if he gets suspended, it's like, oh, well, it's because of all this backlash. And then our listeners' guess is as good as ours on what the facts actually are. And my last point here, sorry, Baja's attacking my screen. Um, I think it also kind of says something to the, like, group he's hanging out with. They just leave firearms in your car. Like, I'm all, all about gun rights, but responsible, too. And... I don't know. I don't think JPG is leaving a Glock in my car, but unless you do have one. Um, <laughs> oh. But <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I got it. Unless I have anyone. I just nope. have a question, Zane, from like a legal perspective, like what's next in this whole case? Do we do you know what where this goes next? Uh, as far as Brandon Miller. Yeah. Okay. Anything else that comes out like that can come out or anything like that? Like I mean, an investigation has yeah. been done. A right. district attorney has made the decision to not press charges against Brandon Miller. Um, I kind of alluded to it earlier. <clears throat> the trickiest part about Brandon Miller's involvement here is you have to prove some sort of intent on his part to actually supply the weapon for, for the purpose to be used as a murder weapon, right? Or Or in any sort of um assaulting fashion you know for maybe not to kill someone but even just to shoot to use to think that he'd be using the gun um would would be closer to the intent that's necessary to charge him um but without that i mean that's a pretty big uphill battle for you to climb as a da and it's also you know there there is the aspect that you are trying, you're you're going to be putting the most popular freshman in college basketball uh, on the stand. Basically, you're going to try to convict him. That welcomes so much public scrutiny that the DA, you know, if you already have an uphill battle to prove intent, why would you put that uphill battle on everyone's television in their living rooms? And so, there's a lot of reasons why he wasn't. Uh, charge. I don't know exactly. I'm guessing here, but it's just at this point he's not going to get dragged in, you know, as trial is is ensuing. So I, for him, I don't really see how it'll affect him. I don't. I honestly don't think it will really affect his future uh, as far as the NBA is concerned. I think you know he will be asked about it. I would ask him about it, but um, if you know if if the facts are what they are, and he was just driving and you know, picking up his friends from a bar. That's a, that's a, you know, a much better story than I was handing a gun to my buddy so that he could defend himself. So that's all I got. 
Yeah, a uh, quick question um, for Jake, Dan, JPage. Um, do you think this will affect his draft stock? Do you think, I mean, given with uh, like John Morant's scenario, like do they have just bad an eye or what do you guys think? I think you got to do a lot of due, due diligence for sure. And, you know, he's going to get asked questions about that. You're going to, you know, need to find out, like, did he make a, you know, like bad decision? Was it really just bad timing, whatever it was? Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're drafting and you're thinking about this situation, like you can't have this. So, I mean, definitely has to, you definitely have to feel good about him. I would say he's not just a surefire, you know, number three pick or whatever he is in the latest mock draft. Yeah, I have to agree. I think there's going to be a lot of questions asked as he's interviewing and things like that. So obviously, yeah, I think it'll just come down to that. Um, he's obviously a heck of a player. So, you know, it just takes one of those franchises in the top five, top 10, top 15 to, you know, just to overlook it, you know, and he'll be fun. But I don't know. It's definitely it's it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out for sure, um, because this hasn't really happened before. I feel like this, <clears throat> this early on in his career, you know. So, you know, maybe it's a question of who he surrounds himself with, that kind of thing. I don't know, but those questions will get get answered in that whole interview process for sure. An unfortunate dark mark on a. Uh on a fun college basketball season. I'll just close it off on that. Couldn't have said it better myself, Zane. And to wrap up headlines here, Zag baseball is back in swing, and so is spring training come Friday. So obviously we like our Mariners, Padres, Dodgers. Um, I think Paige has a little bone to pick. I've got no qualms. All right. <laughs> so um i know we're wow running. Paige just left zambia hanging right there <laughs> no i don't know what uh i don't know i didn't know i was supposed to have a bone to pick ready to go but i mean i'm just fired up for the season i, I think we're all big except for jake and jake just likes to give me shit for no reason uh, <laughs> i don't know enough about baseball to give you shit i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> jake you literally shovel shit at my face when the padres are doing bad i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> Zane and, and Dan are sitting right here. Oh, no. And you're accusing me? Yes, I actually you are, think, I think the Dodger boys are actually pretty fair to Paige for the yeah. most part. I 100% agree. What do I, I like I to go for their feathers a little bit, but that's about it. It's Jake. I think Zambi Zambi came at Paige a lot last, last yeah, season for some reason. Too. Hey, the, the Padres, they're my NL team. What are you talking no, about? Sammy, you switch sides. People forget Sammy switched sides because I called he out Jay Pod. Oh. Now, now I am going to just go against the Padres. <laughs> just because I, I'll wear that hey. hat. You know, I'm not passionate about I'll learn well, all Jake, the baseball stats and arguments and all that. Oh, I the Padres, that. as the team, as the third highest salary in baseball, that is the, that is the kind of team that Jake loves rooting against. Teams with money. And so it, it fits the quota for you there. Yeah, but I also normally like to hate teams that have championships. So <laughs> <laughs> and Jake says he doesn't shovel shit at me. Well, <laughs> he just gave me the shovel. That's crazy. Crazy. I did not. Zane gave me the shovel. I, I have a question for the boys. I have a question because as exciting as as spring training is typically for, you know, 
passionate baseball fans like us who just want to see someone on the mound and someone in the batter's box. Spring training is going to look a little bit different this year, gentlemen. And by that, I'm referring to the World Baseball Classic coming up uh, in, and I think it's two weeks, right? So we won't be seeing at least some of, of our favorite players uh, taking, the, taking the field for spring training right away. Um, since since a lot of them will be playing, whichever ones were able to get around their insurance agreements, those ones will be playing uh, in the World Baseball Classic. Someone was telling me that um, the uh, DR team is going to be ridiculous, like how, how talented yeah. it is. Here's the lay of the land. Here's the lay of the land. USA has the best lineup. <clears throat> DR has better pitching. They have a comparable lineup. Japan's always very tough. They have got some electric arms, too, that you've never heard about. Like, I think Zambi posted that video of Roki. Uh, that guy sits like 100. They've got mm-hmm. Darvish, they've got Otani. They've got Lars Newbar out there roaming the outfield. They're they're tough. Um, and then South Korea is usually pretty tough as well. And then nowadays, I mean, every team's going to be pretty different. I feel like are pretty difficult. I feel like baseball is growing a lot. Um, and and you're getting you're getting a lot of players that are getting a lot of that advanced analytic coaching. Um, Don't forget Chinese Taipei. That's the, <laughs> that's really good cool too. See? No, that's the World Baseball Classic. They have a baseball team. They're in Pool A. They're in, it's not just China, dude. They're they are ranked second in the world ba- in the World Baseball Classic rankings. Japan ranked first. Is that that's just based off of like the pre the prequels though, right? I have no idea what this list is based off, but it, it cannot it cannot be that accurate because the DR is way too low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's like they do like prequels and like local or like regional tournaments, and like that's where those rankings I'm pretty sure are based off of. Where like it's not like the A list guys coming in. Um, I think it's going to be a great tournament, though, because there's so many stars playing. I'm excited for sure. Um, I'm bummed my boy Tatis can't play for the DR because he would have slotted right in there, but that's neither here nor there. Um, he made his mistakes. We washed our hands. We're all over it. Um, Is he disqualified from this also? Yeah, he can't play. <laughs> Why can't he play? This is a suspension. Because Ringworms International. What did he do? But it has <laughs> it has nothing to do. The MLB suspended him, right? Not the who runs the World Baseball Classic. He's not allowed. I know. I just know for a fact he's not allowed to play in it. Oh, it's actually. I think it's. I think it's related to the MLB. I think the MLB puts it on. Pretty sure. Yeah, that makes sense. It's on the MLB website. Yeah. So huh. you now we can move on from the Tatis part of this because we've already talked about him enough. Um, no, World Baseball Classic will be exciting. I went when it, the first one happened and they were playing games here in San Diego. I went to like, I think it was Japan versus South Korea or something like that. And let me tell you, that crowd was electric. It was the most fun I've ever had watching a baseball. I think I was only like eight years old too. Absolutely electric though. The crowd was just absolutely ruckus. It was nonstop cheering chants. So if you guys ever get a chance to make one of those games, I don't know if you will, but, you know, down the road, whatever it might be, absolutely. Where is it being played this year? All over the country. It's all over. Miami, Arizona, Texas. I don't think there's any San Diego. 
The only chance. Shout out, have. shout out, Team Mexico for always having the best hat in in the World Baseball Classic. They always do. It slaps. Oh yeah, that's fire. But baseball season around the corner, uh, pretty early on. So I'm not going to say anything. But uh, other than that, Dave Roberts can't give hype speeches because that was horrible, horrible. Good lord. I don't know if that was a hype speech. I think it was just uh he did no, he does the same thing every year. Was, he had the same speech last year. No, last year it was it was all about we will win the World Series in 2022. <laughs> it was kind of hype last year when he went on the Dan Patrick show and guaranteed a World Series. That was kind of hypey. This this was not. I don't I, I don't know why it was sold as a hype speech. Um I, I think I blame Dodger Twitter more than Dave Roberts. I think he was just giving a welcome to spring training speech more than a uh, let's get fired up and win a World Series. I mean, fuck, half those guys in that dugout won't even be on the roster. So I, I kind of I point the finger at the Twitter coordinator. B. Lim would have never made a mistake like this. <laughs> Not on my watch, you wouldn't. <laughs> All right. One more little uh, roundtable here. Um, uh, player you're most excited to see this year for your team. I'll start with Jake. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess Julio. I guess Julio or or Marco. Hell yeah! All right. Let's Actually, I know Big Dumper. I'm changing it. Big oh, Dumper. Big dumper. Uh, <laughs> he does have a dump. Uh, Dan, let's do you. <clears throat> um, ooh, Dodgers are different this year. Uh, but I'm going to go with the guy that's won a World Series before, won it with Mookie in Boston. How about J.D. Martinez in a Dodger uniform? Ooh, ooh, I like that, If too. you could find a little little something-something that he used to have, he'd be a hell of a pickup. All right. We'll go over to Padre Land, Paige. I feel like you guys already know who I'm going to say. Uh, you, got, you, got, you got a nice pick, pick of the litter. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh give me uh give me Mr. Fernando Tatis Jr. We need to get him back in the brown. We need to put the pass behind us. Oh boy, it's gonna be an electric, electric. I've got tickets already to his first game at Petco. When, when's his first when is his suspension over? Uh he's done April the first game he can play in is April 20th. Nice nice and then but i think that series is in mexico city and then they go on a road trip but i think his first game in san diego is may 1st um so i've got tickets to that i think it's against the reds so also a little will myers homecoming so should be pretty electric and uh you know pretty dynamic one through four of that lineup i'm looking forward to it fellas i will also be attending the first beer fest at san diego uh at petco this season so hell yeah all right, Z-Boy. Uh, Dodgers, like Dan said, Dodgers a little bit tricky this year. It's easy to go with the, you know, automatics, Mookie, Freeman, uh, Gavin Lux, you know, even Clayton Kershaw. Good to see the band back together there. I'm going to go with another new addition. Uh, love, love the pickup, low risk, high reward, one year. This guy absolutely has something to prove if he wants to stay in baseball not that old only 30 years old 
uh, was dominant not not so long ago, and that's Thor himself, Noah Syndergaard. Huge opportunity to sort of revamp his career after a, a down year, I'd, I'd say. I think it's fair to call it a down year. Um, nothing to lose with the Dodgers on his part. I mean, absolutely no contractual obligations after the season. But if this guy goes out there and posts a, you know, sub three ERA for a season and, and ends up being, you know, our second or third option, uh, he will get a massive contract at the age of 30 next year. So I think that guy's got everything to prove. Uh, and why not? Why not do that with the World Series? I don't know. I don't know. But that's a big one. Dodgers need pitching. Um, that seems to be somewhat our Achilles heel in the postseason every year. Um, so, yeah, give me Thor. Hey, hell yeah, hell yeah. <clears throat> so I was thinking about this, and I think for the Mariners, I was tempted to say Colton Wong. It'll be pretty interesting to see what he does in an MZ uni. But I'm going to have to go with George Kirby. And uh, basically just saying that he was on a pitch count last year. I think he's got some pretty filthy stuff. Uh, M's pitching rotation going to be nice. But with that, I think we will wrap up headlines and go to Gonzaga land from yours truly, Dan Serpy. Thank you, Zambia. I think headlines could have been its own show tonight with uh, the way that we really dove in there, but all, all a lot of good content, but let's get to why everyone's here. We're talking Zags, another great week in Zagland. Got to start with the beat down, the revenge, going down to LMU, a 43-point slaughter of the LMU Lions, 108-65. I believe we scored, what, 67 or 68 in the first half alone? So if we wouldn't have scored in the second half, we would have won. Um, that's embarrassing for LMU. No math guy. I'm definitely not a math guy, as we all know, but I know that that's <laughs> that, electric that, stat from good. Dan. There. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I knew in the first half of this game we scored more than the entire game against LMU the last time we played them, but I didn't notice that until you pointed it out, Dan. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, high point man Julian Strother. 28 points, six of eight from three, letting it fly from deep. But really, it was a total team effort. I think Timmy had only one or two points at the half. Um, just absolutely awesome to see us take it to a team from the jump. It's almost been a week now, but I think we all still have some some thoughts on this game. So who wants to get us going? Oh, I'll dive in because this is a game I think we were all relishing um, I was re-listening to our last week's podcast. And I think we all called it. I said in my review, I said this game has been circled. Gonzaga is going to come out hard and play with intensity. And oh my God, I, what we started out with like a 23 to 2 run. It was just murder from the beginning. And I my the only prediction I had wrong was I said Timmy would be the one feasting with 30, but our offense was so good that we had 68 points and a half. And our All-American center had two points, and he was just chilling on the bench because we did not need him. Um, love it, love it, love it. This honestly, like, I'm always optimistic on the Zags, but this really rekindled the fire. This is like, okay, I'm I'm not just looking to get to the Sweet 16 now. Now let's let's start eyeing those final four, you know, hopes and dreams and goals. <clears throat> yeah, 
ditto, ditto to everything Jake just said. Um, I will say credit to me for not betting this game and continuing to not bet the Zags. I think it's, you know, all but been proven five games in a row now that when Zane doesn't bet on the Gonzaga spread or, or at all, um, the, the fellows get it done. Uh, I felt pretty confident that we were going to get it done here. Um, I, I think the best part of this game that by far, by far the best part of this game was just the hype on CBS sports network beforehand, doing everything they could to like, just get the crowd involved, get the viewers involved, um, hyping it up is like, oh, LMU, another chance to upset the Zags. They've done it already. Here we go again. There's been a line outside the arena since 9 a.m. this morning. All the fans just packed into that little shitty arena, um, loud. They turn off the lights for the player introductions. And up oh, five minutes later, boom. Time to go home. Time to hit the bars in LA because your team just got absolutely fucking mollywalked by the Zags, baby. Uh, Julian Strother sticking his. Never mind. Uh, I think I think this was our <laughs> best best game of the season. I, I honestly think it was our most dominating performance against any team in recent history, fellas. We were up forty points at halftime in this game. Uh, not only does that like our offense was clicking on all cylinders, but the defensive effort was just phenomenal. Um, you know, you can talk about other great games that that Gonzaga teams have had, but as far as just dominating, like it, it was never close. It was never close. Sometimes you watch these games and you're like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to text this. I don't want to jinx them. I think we were talking shit like within eight minutes of this game starting. It was great. Um, yeah, like Jake said. This this game is like peak Gonzaga potential when when things are clicking and you don't even need Drew Timmy to be at his best or or put up high numbers. But when when everyone when he's getting support around him, you, you just don't know how to stop this team when you're playing with energy on defense. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to watch. The only other time I really saw it this year was against Alabama. Um, and, and they just hung around with us because they're a very talented team. But I loved it, boys. I loved it. It was great to see. Didn't even have to watch the last 10 minutes of the game because I was so satisfied early on. Yeah, I agree with everything you guys have said. I think just to put things into perspective for Gonzaga fans, like if Julian Strother is playing the way he's been playing, they catch a little lightning in the bottle, anything can happen this season. And call me crazy, I think this could be the year they make a deep, deep run when we least expect it because anything can happen with this field. And uh, I think we saw their potential this night and that's the potential they have. They can, they can fucking score the, they can score the rock. They can play good defense. That's all we need to see. We just need to make it a little bit more consistent, get a little momentum. Anything can fucking happen. Yeah. Kind of the same on the same page as page. Uh, I think we just played with <clears throat> like, Unreal energy. Our offense looked great. Uh, I was watching at the PI, which made it a little bit sweeter because my game watch mate went to LMU <clears throat> and <laughs> his dad was there too. They're both wearing LMU gear, just absolutely trounced. But little fun fact, apparently <laughs> attendance is so bad at LMU games that they have to have like beer gardens and like give out pizza <laughs> for students to actually go. And, it's pretty uh, sick. I've been to a couple of them and like 
it, it's actually pretty cool if you do go. I mean, I wish they did that for Zag games. That'd be kind of cool. But Dan uh, would never let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Too much Judy, fun. Judy Biggs. Um, <clears throat> and uh, last point. So I think there was one offensive performance that was better than this game. Eastern Oregon. Yeah. We won by 78. From this year? Yeah. We won by 78? Yeah, it's against that D2, whatever the hell. Oh, okay. I, I was only taking Division One schools into consideration. Um, that's you, you, I stand corrected, Sandy. Jake, I do have one great stat for you from this game that I know you'll appreciate. Oh, I, I, I know what you're gonna tell me. Tell me it 71.4% oh. free throw shooting. Drew Timmy, seven for nine. Anton Watson, 100% from the line. One for one, baby. He got it done when it mattered most. That's beautiful. I love that. Also, like, Timmy has been shooting so much better from the free throw line these last games. I'm loving the confidence he's showing. His form looks better. I have a crazy stat for the group. We made... We were 32 of 49 from two this game. We made more two-pointers than they attempted. They attempted 27, <laughs> which is wild. Like, we only had eight three-pointers in the game. Would you guys believe that? We only scored eight three-pointers, and we scored 109 or 108 points. Excuse me. That is insanity. That is just – when we get those little floaters going, we're almost impossible to defend because – the, when the guards are able to make the decision on if they step to me, I'm going to pass it to Watson or Timmy. And if they don't, I'm confident enough in my floater game or like this, you know, mid-range shot that it goes in. I don't know how you defend us. Like we, we were looking unstoppable. Absolutely agree. I think the other thing about this game was just the, the adjustments, even just from a coaching perspective that Fuey and the staff put together to, to slow down Cam Shelton. Obviously, he got everything he wanted and then some against us when we played him in Spokane. There was a much better plan from the jump this time, and it was great to see. I think Fuey probably took a little personal that LMU came in the kennel and punched him in the mouth and took that win. I think the whole team just was so locked in, so dialed in. They were out to make a statement, and I think they did. And, you know, that team, if that's the team that 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 shows up for the rest of the year, I totally agree with you, Paige. Anything can happen. So um, it, was, it was great to see. Any other any other takeaways? I mean, we got to talk about Jay Page's lookalike that we just realized. Yes. Is yes. Um, I don't know if anyone saw, uh, but La Pepe on LMU, who – it's probably one of my favorite non-Zag WCC players. Like, great hustle yeah. player, can shoot the three, big body. Um, Izzy Khan pointed out he he looks very similar to Jay Page. And, and the, I think it's the cheeks. You guys got the same cheeks. I, I think it's the eyebrows a little bit. They kind of like, they kind of have similar eyebrows. Zane, where did you... Uh... <laughs> find that picture of me because i took it down a while ago oh it's still up baby it's still up there Where did you find it dude the internet the internet saves it all page you oh, <laughs> went into the google google archives <laughs> i have no no comment about this this is uh 
I don't like this one bit. This is why you got to be on the pod or else you get nicknames made about you without your consent. Well, Paige, I'll tell you, there are worse players in the WCC that you could be compared to. I mean, all people talk about with this kid is how much of a high intensity, strong player he is. So this is this is a compliment. It's a perfect fit for you, I think. That, that should actually be our goal as a podcast is to try to find yeah. each of our college basketball player doppelgangers. <laughs> oh boy. I have it, Coopers. Oh. I, I know Coopers. The guy on Portland or yeah, <laughs> Portland kid? Lucas from St. Mary's. They could be absolutely brothers. I don't know. Oh, I mean, Dan, yours last year is probably Walker Kessler. <laughs> yes. Know how I look like that. Yes. You are <laughs> yeah. Kessler. A hundred Oh, Alex Dukas for Cooper is a spot-on comparison. Yeah, it is. I told you. Oh, my God, it's the eyes. It's everything about the eyes. It's those those eyes. The hair. Shark eyes. He also chews gum all the time, and I feel like it's like Cooper, like, munching on some gum. I don't know. I bet he walks around St. Mary's campus with the the squints and everything, too. I mean. Oh, God. God, I just. Poor Cooper. (laughs) This is what happens happens when you you miss the show. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Should we uh, move on to the other game last weekend? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. All right. Well, uh, after that one on Saturday, a little bit of a hangover maybe after uh, be, after the beatdown of the Lions, made our way down to Malibu, took on the always talented but not very good Pepperdine Waves, and uh, scored a lot of points again. We scored 97, but uh, Pepperdine also scored some points. They scored 88, a very up and down affair it was kind of fun to watch I, I ended up watching the first half and then saved the second half for the following morning um but uh drew timmy 34 points 15 of 20 from the field was an absolute machine in the second half and then strother followed up his 28 against lmu with another 28 against pepperdine um we talk about you know who's the second guy for gonzaga if you get 34 from one and 28 from another, it's going to be pretty tough to beat us. Um, but, boys, what do we think of this game? I w- actually enjoyed this game. And even though Pepperdine kept it close, one, it felt like Pepperdine was was making good shots. They had a lot of great energy. Um, and two, what I really liked was when um, we didn't try to force anything. Like, Strother had most of his points in the first half, and then when they made adjustments at the half at halftime to you know limit Strother, that's when Timmy took over. So the fact we have those two options and we don't just try to like, you know, bang our head against the wall over and over and over like what it felt like we did at earlier parts of the season where we're like it's a close game, we're giving the ball to Timmy and he's like triple team, but we shoot anyway. I loved how we adjusted. It felt like it was a great team effort. And I think few had the quote where he's like, sometimes you have to like get gritty on offense too, which is the, one of the funniest quotes to have when you're the number one offensive team with like a 90th ranked defense is we gutted this out offensively. So I, I took this, this, we could have crumpled after that big win against LMU, but the offense is our savior. I uh, I did not enjoy this game, um, not one bit. I understand the trap game sort of mentality that that we could have fallen into. I'd like to hope that we are <laughs> we are better than that, but I kind of get it. We we dominated. We played so well against LMU. 
Um, I kind of get it. Um, I think I think the only reason we won this game is because Pepperdine is actually so bad. Um, you, we gave up 20 plus points to three different starters on Pepperdine. Uh, and we lost we we lost the rebounding battle again. So chalk this up to a, a win where we still lost the rebounding battle. Not not generally a good thing for us. Um, and and offensively, like I don't really know that I'd call this a great offensive performance outside of three players from Timmy Strother and Bolton. Granted, that's you know most of our starting lineup, but uh, Watson wasn't wasn't really his super consistent self here. Um, he got in foul trouble. And so that, that limited him, limited him uh, frequently. And the bench was, you know, for lack of a nicer word, pitiful in this game. Uh, as far as, you know, statistical contributions go. Um, I think, I think for, you know, I, what did I hear? There were 50 scouts, NBA scouts in the arena for this game. I don't know if that number is accurate or not. But um, if your name wasn't Drew Timmy or Julian Strother for Gonzaga, uh, you really did did nothing for yourself here. Um, and I don't I don't know. I, this was a little bit of a you know as raw raw as LMU was. This was another kind of frustrating one. But you know, ninety eight points is still ninety eight points. Um, I'd like a, our defense to be better than eighty eight points against Pepperdine, where just a week ago we couldn't name more than two players on their team. So. That's on us for not yeah. naming it. Like, they have good offensive players. Like, Max Lewis is an NBA draft pick. Like, Pepperdine gets the talent. They score a lot. And whatever reason, they play us tough down there. I think one guy, though, that, that to me did help himself and not necessarily what he did offensively, but I just thought Hunter Salas just looked the part out there with guarding some of their guys. Like, they made some tough shots. Um, but Hunter kind of took that challenge a little bit, I think, to try and – slow down maybe some of their guys and you know sometimes I think we say it on the show a lot better offense will be good defense and sometimes that happens but really it's just like you know find a way to win that get out of LA we're not going to see Pepperdine again let's move on Pepperdine is two and 12 in conference they're just they're not a good team they have good guys that can score the basketball and that's why they score a lot and they also play at that super fast tempo so you know it's just up and down like we can we can play in those games. We can beat anybody playing that way too. But um, I mean, I get what you're saying. It's like it wasn't pretty by any means. <laughs> but I also just didn't have as much like stock in that game. Clearly, when I said last week I wasn't going to watch it, so I was able to, <laughs> to uh, quickly turn the page. But we would not I, have. Been able I think to- that's on us. We can't we can't have that attitude. If if we're going to expect the Zags not to have that attitude, the podcast can't have that attitude. That's fair. I think the San Diego analysis in 10 minutes here. (laughs) (laughs) We do, uh, though, like need to acknowledge that we, I don't know if we do win that game without uh, our man, Razier Bolton coming up super clutch down the stretch, including a drive against the big guy that he scored and got an and one. So did he redeem himself for all those other drives he's had this year? No. No, <laughs> every every dog has his day. I mean, whoa, whoa, just, whoa. <laughs> even on. a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> I mean, you can't forgive a million mistakes for one and one. And, you know, Rasir Bolton has a lot of great qualities and brings a lot to this team. 
when he is on and he's clicking and playing well and leading the team, we are great. When he is fucking driving uncontrollably against a man twice his size, he is not great. That does not help us. And it almost always leads into a turnover. So just because he got it to fall once does not forgive a million wrongs. You know, that's 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 where I'll stand on the Rasir Bolton driving against seven footers land. I don't want to have to go here again. I was going to say, sure. (laughs) I'll I'll give it to him. Um, My biggest takeaway from this game, I agree with Jake. I think it was pretty fun to watch um, as frustrating as it was. But um, biggest thing here is I want Strother to be good, but not too good that he goes to the NBA this year. And right now he's doing typical Julian Strother things and playing really well against WCC teams. And I don't like it, but I do like it. I think he's gone. I don't think there's uh, much to hang on to. I think if he goes, that means that he has stayed hot and hopefully we go on a deep run and who knows, like he's playing at an, at an NBA level and he's absolutely raising our ceiling page. Totally agree with what you said again, just like if he's playing that way, this team can compete with anybody. And this is kind of what we expected from him too. And um, even like going back to that LMU game, that uh, lob that he had with that one hand throwdown, that was, oh. that was NBA stuff. That's not play of the year. Um, he followed with the block or uh, preceded by the block at, because it was the defense, the offense, I would say, yeah. Was that one better than Salas's block? And then at least the uh-huh. block? They're, they're it different. Was the, the play. The alley-oop, I think, is better than a than a dunk. Well, yes, but the block on Salas was probably the best. Yeah. I don't know. This is this is a weird debate that only we're only going to get into on this show. Um, but any other uh, final thoughts on Pepperdine? Paige, were you able to watch the game or were you were you hitting the slopes too hard? I was not hitting the slopes too hard. I was uh busy, so I was not able to catch the game. So no comment oh. for me. Oh B- busy. <laughs> busy with what? Well, was a little giggle. <laughs> no further comment. Okay, well uh, are the single boys dwindling? <laughs> uh oh, spaghetti though. Does she listen to the podcast? <laughs> Have you even mentioned oh, you do a podcast? <laughs> keep going, keep going. All right, well, moving on from uh, one irrelevant WCC team to the next, we've got San Diego Toreros coming up to sport. Wait, wait. Did we touch on the 80-point watch? We did not. We did not. Thank you, Zane. That's why you're here. Um, keeping me honest. So, Drew Timmy, 34 points against Pepperdine. He is now just 80 away from the record i think i was doing the math on this jake what does he need to average he's average like 20 i guess it depends on how many games we're, we're talking 26.67 would be my guess if it's 80 divided by three does that sound right um a little bit less than 27 points a game that that's easier to do it in th- well in three if, if before the wcc tournament okay like there's basically i mean assuming we'll play six more games at least right because that's three games in the regular season two games in the west coast conference and then at least one in march madness so that's six so you would just have to average 
under uh, just under 14 points a game which for drew timmy that seems i mean one of the games is against chicago state and if he's like not on pace we're gonna have him in the game for like 36 minutes against the 360th ranked offense or defense in the country so chicago state i'm calling it right now it's gonna happen against chicago state he's gonna get 25 in the next two games and he's gonna get 31 at least against chicago Will they stop the game like they did for LeBron? I would. I mean, I, I'm sure I think they have Chicago to. State to be there, right? Yeah. I like that call. I think he does it against Chicago State. <clears throat> if not, first game in Vegas, easy. And then they do not stop the game in Vegas. They can't. You can't stop the game in Vegas. It's not the same. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. But uh, yeah, good call on that. All right, are we? Are we? Anyone else? Any anything on the uh, Timmy watch? Or now can we go to San Diego? All right, we're going Let's to, go San to San Diego. Let's go to San Diego, and San Diego is going to come to Spokane. And I wouldn't really want to be San Diego come to Spokane this week. Um, I just think we're very overmatched against San Diego. Could it be another trap game? Yes, but if you listen to Drew Timmy this week, he said that the boys are dialed in. They know that if they fuck it up on Thursday, Saturday doesn't matter. So. Just quick little business trip um, to the kennel on on Thursday. Uh, anyone have anything relevant for keys to the game against Steve Lavin's Toreros? I do have a Steve, little announcement. Steve Lavin. Boots on the ground will be in the kennel on Thursday. And I'll be cheering my ass off. That's all Ooh. I got. Let's go, Zambi. I love it. Yeah. This... Is this our this is our first time playing San Diego this year, correct? First and only because they were uh, last in the conference last year. We got rewarded and didn't have to go to San Diego. So lame, dude. I'm so pissed about that. <laughs> <laughs> the only time I'm ever gonna get affordable Gonzaga tickets, they take it from me by being a shitty team. So I'd stupid. Be pissed too if I was a Gonzaga player. I'd be like, I want to go to San Diego. Don't send yeah. me. It's a good vacation for the fellas. <laughs> well, Paige, I'm pretty sure you're going to miss out again because they're second to last this year. Nope, <laughs> we're fighting. We're fighting. Come on, Rose. <laughs> I, I, I have a fun quiz for the fellas. Um, this year, when was the last time San Diego won back-to-back games this season? What date? November. November. November 13th. Florida Gulf Coast, and then they followed up with some school called NJIT. New Jersey Institute of Technology. Yeah. (laughs) They have not won back-to-back games since. Hell yeah. Not let NJIT get hot, let me tell you. (laughs) Why do you know Dan? (laughs) Oh, man. They they allow their opponents to shoot 40% from the three. This is San Diego. And they have the 333rd ranked defense in the country. Could be an ugly day for the the Don or the not the Dons, the Toreros. Toreros. Yeah, I watched them uh, play St. Mary's on Thursday last week, just because I am a loyal WCC fan, checking out the lay of the land. <laughs> and, uh, they're not very good. Um, they were in a zone against St. Mary's that somehow worked a little bit because St. Mary's is not a great offensive team. If they do that zone thing against us, 
we might score more than we did against LMU. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see. And offensively, they got some guys that can score a little bit, but they're not they're not good at all. This is not Johnny D's USD team. Oh, Johnny D, that was a beast. I will say they do shoot seventy seven percent from the line. Kind of jealous. All right. Um, anyone else have any any sort of thoughts on this game, or can we can we get to the uh, big one? Well, we got to. I will be watching. Teams. I will be watching. It'll be ESPN two. So uh, this is not one that we tune out on, boys. I also this is a mighty high spread in this game. Mighty high. I'm currently seeing it at minus twenty two and a half. Ooh, that's a high spread. I'm deaf. I miss the days when like. I, the spread was like 27 points. I mean, yeah. this is these days. I'm I'm hammering this. Zane, you're Hammer not time? allowed to bet on it though. So not allowed to bet. I won't do it. Well, I feel I feel like maybe this is a comfortable enough one to go for it. Nope. The only one you could have gone for was Alan Neal. That was the only one. No. no, because I was actually too worried about potentially losing that game. That's only when it's bad. When it when when you can actually lose. And you bet the spread. That's where I back out. Okay. Um, does anyone need a – anyone have anything enlightening for Zag's win if for this game? No. I think we should go straight to our score predictions. <laughs> well, let's go straight to the score predictions. Zane, lead us off. Oh, wait, Jake, do you want to explain real quick the new rules? Uh, yes. Yeah, so real quick to our listeners. So we give a lot of predictions on this podcast. We're like a crystal ball mixed with a magic eight ball. Very, uh, a lot of fortunes, not always accurate, but to keep us more accurate, we're going to be recording our predictions. Uh, here's how it works. So say Zane predicts this score, say he predicts 80, 60 Zags. Um, the difference between the Zags predicted score and the Zags actual score added with the San Diego's difference will be Zane's score for this day. The goal is to be as close as possible uh, so say he predicts 80-60, the final score is 78-58. Zane's point total would be four. Um, we'll yeah. keep the running total for the rest of the season um, and see who is the most uh, accurate uh, Gonzaga predictor. So I'll pass it back to you, Dan. Well, Jake, I'm trying to figure out how this works still in my head here. but um... Dan, here's the easiest way to to, to... – Describe it. I feel like Jake may be complicated there. It's the difference between your predicted score and the actual score. The differences in each team scores, and then you add them together afterwards. Okay. Yeah. It actually worked a lot better, I think, when we actually saw it, like, thought out in the group text. I think it's hard to kind of follow listening. It's, but it's just who's closest to the total score, yeah. basically. Exactly. Except okay. it, it makes it so, like, say – you don't want to pick the total score, like the over under because then say we predict one team scores a lot, but it's actually a close game, but then your total Mm -hmm. score is close. It would make you look like you predicted the game correctly when you didn't. I see. Okay, cool. Well, uh, Zane, how about you lead us off with this? Okay. Okay. I fuck. This is kind of a tough one because I think the score could be like a wide variety here. I think given how, like how bad San Diego is. And if they try this, fuck. Now I'm really, now you really have to think about these scores. You can't just throw out a random. Now it matters. Now it matters. Yeah. All right. I'll go, 
I'll go uh, 99, just under the 100 mark. 99, 72. I think I'm on the, I feel like I'm on the high side here. I feel like I should have gone a little lower. I don't know. Who's our leading scorer? Our leading scorer, your Timmy. He's on the he's on the record chase right now. He's gonna just be pouring it on with uh 30 32. I have a um a motion for going forward that we need to sub we need to say what our score is and have it like written down before going through this list because we should not be able to oh that's that's fair you shouldn't be able to adjust it okay yeah. yeah Because my score was almost identical to what Zane was going to say, just in my head right away. But now it's going to sound like I'm just copying him. It's okay. It's okay, Dan. <laughs> but maybe you're making up this rule now to cover that you're copying Zane. Now, now a big conspiracy. All right, Paige, what you got? I'm going to go 98 to 63. Oh, shit. That is a thumping oh yeah <laughs> you got a leading score <laughs> not very good uh i'll go strother he's on a heater right now uh 25 nice semblin boots on the ground what you got oh man <clears throat> i think you're right Dan. we do need to write this down <laughs> i'm going 99.75 and I was going to say Strother with 25. I'll uh, <laughs> say Strother with 24. <laughs> There's not going to be much discrepancy here in, in the first predictions. All right. Uh, to me, I'm going to go 97 to 70. Timmy, 25. And just subtracted two from my score. That's all he did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going big. We've hit, we've tied the mark of 100 point games. Um, in what was it last season or two seasons ago already? We're gonna pass that. Zags 104, Don 78. Uh, Timmy's going to have 38 points. Oh, baby, they're gonna All keep right, them in to like the four minute mark. They're really going to. So then they don't have to worry about it at all during St. Mary's, which they won't, like it. but, you know, just extra. And then we'll, we'll have Poop just text us his scores, I guess. Yeah. Uh, take take the next couple minutes, boys, while we're chatting about St. Mary's to write the score down somewhere. Write the score down. Should everyone have to send it? No, somebody? just write it down and hold it up before and then we'll talk about it that way yeah. we just, just know you don't change type it. it on your phone type it on your phone and notes and then just hold it up when you're ready oh or or you can be page and just text it to the group <laughs> which totally defeats the purpose of doing it yeah what that's just what we're doing right now just text for. <laughs> what are you talking about oh that's, my God. that's just a silly boy move right there we're supposed to keep it a secret yeah, because we don't want everyone to go off of that. We want to just see what. No, no, are. he he just he just no. Paige is currently oh, okay. He texted the San Diego score. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Zach's no ninety-eight, St. Mary's sixty-three, baby. 
that that one doesn't need to be a secret. All right, cool. All right, well, that was too much talk for Thursday's game against San Diego <laughs> Saturday. It all comes down to this, in my opinion, biggest conference game in the kennel since 2017 when we almost were undefeated against BYU. Um, let's hope for a much better outcome in this one, but just unbelievable showdown. Love the way that this has played out. Uh, St. Mary's coming back. We've got some, we've got some revenge on our mind. We saw what happens when we've got revenge on our mind and we take it personal. Um, unbelievably fired up for Saturday boys, uh, keys to the game. Who wants to get us going? I mean, shut down Mahaney, right? Like, I think, I, I think our offense is, is good enough that we, we shouldn't have to worry, but we have to be able to shut down their guys who can get buckets in big moments. St. Mary's is always good at kind of stopping our runs with these like long control possessions or getting difficult buckets and making it a close game, not allowing us to run away with it. I'm saying shutting down Mahaney. I don't see if Mahaney doesn't score a lot. I don't see how St. Mary's beats us in the kennel. I think a big key. Uh, of the game. Uh, oh, go ahead, Zambi. Uh, I'll be quick. I think <clears throat> biggest thing is definitely Mah- Mahaney, but also controlling the pace of the game. <clears throat> I like that. I, I like Zambi's. Uh, I I think you know locking down Mahaney is a good start. I think we did that for <laughs> what like thirty minutes in in the previous game. So I, I'm not. I'm not super that's not my number one that would be like my number four or five i feel like my number one is is to to win the hustle stats which you know again i feel like a broken record we fucking talk about free throws rebounds and seven footers on this podcast um win the hustle stats against saint mary's because that's their bread and butter right they're not they're not quite as athletically gifted or talented as Gonzaga players. They're just not. But what what they lack in athleticism, they make up for in grit. Um, And and they just hustle for loose balls. They just play hard throughout the entire game. Um, And when they they have the ball, they slow it down and they bore you to death. So we, we we can limit the bore you to death minutes by just getting our hands on that ball and playing with an intensity um that that outmatches them that involves winning the rebound battle and winning the turnover battle so those are the two things two things i'm looking at here my two keys it's hard to find many other keys boys i think you guys have uh hit on this pretty well um i think it's just similar to what we did at st mary's is just take the fight to them right away I think it's a whole lot easier to withstand that when you are playing in front of your home court, you know, on your home court in front of your home fans, than it will be for them to take that punch and come back in the kennel. I think we can jump on them right away um, with that same energy intensity. That place is going to be absolutely electric. Um, and I think just it's all about that start and then the uh, hustle. And, and one thing that stood out to me watching the end of that, watching the Pepperdine game, you notice who was on the floor in the final stretch, Hunter Salas. So I wonder if there has been a little bit of second guessing maybe from 
Fuey, coaching staff, whatever it may be about how that guy needs to be on the court and that he gives us a different element. Um, and even like we're, we're seeing more from him from a playmaking standpoint now too, that it isn't a huge drop-off maybe if he's on the floor instead of Hickman. Um, so I think Hunter's presence in the game and that start, that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, I think you guys kind of nailed all the games. <laughs> I just want to see a consistent performance. I think first step, Kennel's got to show up. I think they will, of course, they will, of course, show up. But like, <laughs> it's an easy way to build momentum. It's an easy way to keep the lead. It's an easy way to keep the pressure on. Uh, just don't give them any hope. Step on their throats. Don't let them get any momentum. Shut fucking Mahaney down, dude. I'm so tired of this guy already. I know he's going to be around for like four years. Come on, like let's let's be real here, guys. We've got we've got the guys to lock them down. Like, just don't let them run free. Come on, let's go. Yeah, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm absolutely fired up for this game. I I want it to be Saturday already, but uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be one hell of a game. Um, let's see. I mean, I think our keys to the game probably you know takes care of the Zags win if segment. Is there anything that anyone needs to make a spicy bold prediction there? I, I don't have any bold predictions. Well, maybe this is a bold prediction. Um, we're going to make more three-pointers in this round two matchup against St. Mary's than we did in our first meeting with them, uh, meaning we're going to make more than four three-pointers in this game. Uh, and and Julian Strother is going to make more than four three-pointers in this game. He did not make a single one the first time we played them. Um, and in fact, we we really lacked a lot of offensive production from anyone named not Drew Timmy, Julian Strother, and Malachi Smith. We're, we're, we're playing like a much different team since that St. Mary's game. As long as we keep this momentum up and we keep playing the style of basketball that we have the past two weeks, I really feel like we're going we're gonna to beat these guys and we'll beat them, beat them good. Don't want to give away my score prediction yet. <laughs> We're all playing that close to the chest. No, I think, um, you know, we, we've all, I think, are showing Mahaney the respect he deserves. They can get buckets in, in big time plays, like big minutes. I think, I mean, it'll sound cliche, but build an early lead. Make it so, like, when we tried to come back against LMU, like, we were making big plays, but it did not matter because they were in too deep of a hole. We got to dig St. Mary's into a hole, and they play so slow that it's really hard for them to come back from a large deficit. And I would love to see them. I think this touches on what Zambi said, too. You know, If they are forced to start having to play fast to keep up with us, it's over. Like they, That's just not their game. I like it. Are we ready? Those score predictions. I think. Do we want to do it? Does everyone? Does everyone have it written down? Wait. Wait, Jake. Jake, what were you saying? Should we just like text it into the group all at the same time so we know we're not not changing it? Does everyone have it typed out? Type it out Uh, first, boys. Are we sending in the text or in our chat here? Send it in the chat. Of not yet three. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. All, hang right, on, hang all on. right, steady, 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 boys. Okay, I'm ready. Three, two, one. 
Oh. Uh, we're all pretty close. We're all pretty oh, close. Man, Dan, we're like idiot. super close. You idiot, oh. Dan. Man, it's okay. It still worked. It still worked. What did you I do? do this? No. All right, who <laughs> wants to go first? We said, never mind. It doesn't, well, let's go backwards from last time, Jake. You go first. Okay. Go ahead. I put 7869 Gonzaga. Um, I believe this will be a comfortable nine point win. I think we'll, or as comfortable as a win against St. Mary's can ever be. I think we'll get stretch the lead to about like 17 at its largest. Then St. Mary's will kind of keep it between six to 12 throughout the game and make a late run, but we don't let them push. And then we finish with a nine point win. Um, I think Strother. Uh, has the biggest game. I'm going to give Strother 18 points in this one with an efficient three of six from the three. Damn, we like the written down score. Yeah, <laughs> Baja was sleeping on my phone, so I had to go <laughs> run and get paper. <laughs> it is remarkable how close our scores are without telling each other. This was good content. That, that was like waiting for the Tent City tweet right there. Be able to drop that text in there. Dan felt that old rush. I did. If nothing was like the rush for Dan's bachelor party, though. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, let's see. My, my turn. Is it, am I going it next? Like it. All right. It looks like I'm going next on the reverse order. Well, my score, um, very similar again. I think we're going to, it's going to be very interesting to see if any of us are any smart or if we're all a bunch of idiots. But I've got us winning it 83 to 70. I think a nice 13 point victory on our home floor. Um, a game that I think we jump out early, stay on them early. They might tighten it up at some point, but really kind of one that kind of stays in that like eight to 12 probably for most of the game is, is, is kind of where I want to be. Kind of keeping it like a three possession game the whole time. I think that feels. That feels pretty good. Um, and I, too, think Strother was a little too quiet in Moraga. Um, and I think he's going to pop off for 22 in the kennel. And, Jake, I really love your three for six from three. So we don't need to get that specific. But, uh, I mean, what do we think the spread's going to be on this? Should we wait and do that at the end after everyone makes their predictions? Yeah, we'll, sure. we'll, wait. we'll wait. That's a good call. Cool. Zambi. You already dropped it in ever so nicely. <laughs> yep. So I'm going 8276 Zags. And I think Timmy has a pretty solid game, puts up 27. Did you say 27? 27. Love that. Paige, remember the uh, St. Mary's game and college game day is this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. Uh, I did 76-68 Zags. And I'll go sleeper Malachi Smith, 18 points. Leading Ooh. score. I, love that. I hope I hope that's not our leading <laughs> score. Whoa, why not? But I'd like Malachi to get 18. I would also just like Julian Schrother or Drew Timmy to have plus 25. Are we saying that? Leading scores the the tiebreaker, assuming like someone has like a tied score for that week. 
have to. It has to be. All right, I'll close this out. Um, I went with a nice round number. St. Mary's, 80. Gonzaga, 70. Um, I'm just kidding. Gonzaga, 80. St. Mary's, 70. Um, (laughs) Dan Dan just had the angriest look on his face. The audacity to to predict the Gales to win by 10 double digits in the kettle on game day. I I could never. Um, I kind of, I think, you know, one real quick impression. um, A lot of these 80s scores, like that's kind of high. Like teams don't really score 80 against St. Mary's just with the style of basketball they play. So it just kind of seems, seems like we'll have to have a pretty good night for that. And I think we will. Um, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go Drew Timmy with 26 in this game. Don't, don't mean to undercut Zambi by one on there. Um, (laughs) but 25 just felt too low. 28 felt too high. A couple, a couple concerns. If we look at these scores, and you, you, you pointed it out, St. Mary's doesn't give up eighty very often. I don't think they've given up eighty this year. They haven't. I was looking <laughs> right when when you said that. I believe uh, the most points they've allowed was to us, where we scored. Yeah. Oh no, we only 70. scored seventy. In overtime. In, In overtime. overtime. That was where I was going next. Uh, when these two fine fine teams met last time. At the end of regulation, this game was 61 to 61. So we've got some points that are going to be scored this time around. Um, but I think we all know that the recipe for us to win is to speed up the game, get out and run, make them play from behind. Uh, so I don't know. Um, if I was looking like I kind of like pages score the most, maybe. But it's just because it's the lowest. The like lowest barely. Yeah. Maybe we should sub- <laughs> just subtract 10 points from like each of our, you know. Hey. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It'll be it'll be fun. All right. What do we think the spread's actually gonna be? Four and a half. Six and a half. Oh, I was gonna say four and a half, Jake. Wow. Six and a half. Ooh. I think a little more respect to the Zags. Uh plus what is it? Fucking the the Koopy meter or the the, the ESPN, meter that we all look at on ESPN. ESPN the basketball power index. Yeah. yeah, that gives us an 80% chance to win this game. Like they're kind of they're ESPN's predicting like a pretty solid win for the Zags here. Meanwhile, Ken Palm is giving us a 58% chance at a score of 72 to 70. So oh, uh, I hate that score. St. Mary's and the Nets love for St. Mary's is atrocious. Hey, six-ranked defense and and um, Ken Palm. Well, it's easy when you don't when you play one offense all year. Gonzaga. They played Houston and held them to fifty-three points. Houston's not a great offensive team. Yeah, they're not great, but they have a decent offense. Oral Roberts. Wait, they have a top four offense. What are you talking about? I must I must have had bad information. It's a, I think Oral they just Roberts. Pitch. Put up 70 on St. Mary's boys. We can put up 80 on them. Hey, or Roberts got Max Max Acemas. Remember that guy from last year? No. Oh, he's no, no. electric. Maybe it was two years ago. Actually. Or Max Abrams. Was that the same? The Academy of Art put up 64 on St. Mary's, fellas. 
the wow. Didn't uh, DiCaprio go there? Sounds right. Why did they play the Academy of Art University? <laughs> That's like when uh, Houston, remember um, COVID season when Houston could have played us, but instead they played Our Lady of the Lake? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was the softest move ever. <laughs> that, was, that was electric. All right, well. I think it's gonna be a great weekend in Zagville, boys. Can't wait to see how it all how it all plays out. Um, the boys are out for revenge. Drew Timmy talking about it at the end this week on his on his other other program where he also does something similar that we do. Um, saying that like Logan Johnson was on ESPN, I think, and he said that Gonzaga has been the stepping stone in the WCC, and we're here to step over him. And Drew Timmy did not like that comment. Um, he like explicitly referenced it on his podcast. He's got a chip. He knows it's the last time to play St. Mary's in the kennel. Drew Timmy's not losing this game. Ooh, spicy. His last conference game in the kennel, too. Most like Chicago State, because that is their senior night, unfortunately. Oh, nope. Drew Timmy's coming back for another year. <laughs> He's not in the mock draft most recently, is he? He should not be. Well, Who's he guarding? I have, I have Who is he guarding in the NBA? He's <laughs> guarding Zachy. In the NBA? <laughs> I, I have I have the last fact to take us out of Gonzaga land. Um, our win against Pepperdine last weekend extends our winning streak against them to 45 games. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can they be relegated at this point? That's embarrassing. I think we did this last time. I think last time they beat us was like 2001. Yeah, Stacey Davis. We should do we should do what they do in you know those tweets ESPN does where it's like this was the most popular album at the time. This was <laughs> like the I did this actually. I think um there was an Usher song or like a Shanti that was the number one song. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to do this to us. I'm sorry. I apologize for the late stat. It's okay. We're waiting for Jay Page to come back from the bathroom anyway. But we can jump into Zambi's corner. I think that should be. That should be good. Oh, boy. Hey, works for me. So Zambi's Corner is back this week. We've talked a lot. Of, we've talked about dating. We've talked about food. We've talked about sports. And this very special Ash Wednesday, we have a few fun facts for you guys. So it was Ash Wednesday. It's predominantly celebrated by Catholics. However, is also recognized by Lutherans, Methodists, Episcopalians, Presbyterians, and some Baptists. There is a biblical, uh, let's, it's symbolic of the Bible with the quote, remember you are dust and to dust you shall return, which is what God says to Adam while exiting the Garden of Eden. Ash Wednesday is also less than a thousand years old, but it did not get mainstream popularity with Christians until the 1970s. The ashes that are used are actually recycled from the previous Lent with the palm fronds. And this might be my favorite fun fact. It is the last one. We keep it short and sweet here in the corner. In Iceland, Ash Wednesday can look like Halloween. It is called, I'm sure this is not the right way to say it, Oskudugur. <laughs> <laughs> you say Oskar Shibwe? <laughs> <laughs> Close. 
and uh, little kids dress up in costumes and then they sing in neighborhoods to get candy. And with that, that is Zambi's Corner. Oh, that sounds way better than having to go to church on a Wednesday. <laughs> always emerge coming out of the corner. Oh, yeah. While we were in the corner, by the way, um, Alabama was down two with eight seconds left. And guess who scored to tie it and send it to overtime? Brandon Miller. Jeez. Uh, feels really weird watching him right now like and he is so like amped up and has a huge chip on his shoulder and it's just an uncomfortable situation watching Alabama basketball now I don't know what to think kind of looked like an offensive foul there on him kind of pushed back I didn't see that part I just saw the South Carolina is three and 11 let's just keep that in mind this is a bad basketball team that Alabama is playing right now that Alabama is one of our best wins of the season. So we got to keep pumping them up here. I can't, I can't do it anymore. Like I said, at the beginning, they're the bad guys. They're the villains. Doesn't matter, but let's take this into, let's keep, let's keep the uh, religious spirit up gentlemen, as we enter our last segment. Um, For those of you that are uh, at home listening on the show right now, you can't see this, but I can all of us on this show are currently sporting our beautiful ashes from attending mass today. We all are are in the spirit. I'm sure no one on this show has touched any meat today. We are all fish boys. Um, I, for one, have the uh, tradition of going to McDonald's and having a filet of fish on Ash Wednesday. Um, I see the the looks around the room right now, but uh, don't hate me because you hate me. It's delicious. Uh, I will say, like all McDonald's products, it's no bigger than my fist now. I swear, I swear, growing up, the filet of fish was like the size of a regular burger patty. Now it is nothing but a slider. Um, fuck you, McDonald's, for ruining for ruining my Lenten uh, feast. Uh, but 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 to celebrate Ash Wednesday, uh, as we are apparently uh, a religious podcast now. Um, <laughs> We're gonna be we're gonna be talking about you know things we're giving up for our Lenten promises this year, some good things and some bad things to give up. Uh, we're gonna go around the horn. I think we start. I think we should start with the bad instead of the good. I feel like we should start with the bad. You always want the bad news first, then you get the good news. Um, am I explaining this right, Jake? When we say giving up bad things, is it were bad things we're giving up or? Things that we are giving up that that's like a lame Lenten sacrifice. Like here's 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 I'll give you an example Um, for for Lent. I would like to give up Rasir Bolton trying to drive on a seven footer and a contested (laughs) layup. That's a bad thing. Gotcha. Okay. Does that make sense to the group? Yes. Okay. Yes. Kind of like what so, we did so with I, resolutions, and we say with the things we want to leave behind, right? That's kind yeah, of like, kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the good then? I'd like to give up losing to St. Mary's, Jake. <laughs> How about something like that? Something, something that's more puts a smile on your face to say more than a devious smile, a happy, a cheerful smile. <laughs> it seems tough to be different. Should we just do actual things that we're doing? We could do actual things. We could do actual things. 
right. Well, that's what I had been brainstorming too. We really <laughs> didn't talk about this either. <laughs> I'm giving up planning the podcast. <laughs> uh, no, my actual Lenten uh, sacrifice, I guess you call it, is Izzy and I are giving up any fried food. So, Ooh, chips, French fries, uh, chicken strips, you know, anything that goes in the vat, breaded. No, sir. Like a filet of fish sandwich. Like a filet of fish. So, yeah, I was just eating a salad. <laughs> Good one, Daniel Sutton? Look, um, I'm going to give up. Uh, we have like little, it's like things of like chocolate in our office. And sometimes I'll just grab one or two during the day. I'm not going to do that for these next four days. <laughs> no, that's good, Dan. <laughs> Giving up the uh, giving up the office the office treats. I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> I just pictured Dan reaching for a chocolate. I'm so bad. I'm being so bad today. Uh, I was gonna say like a Danish, oh. like oh. <laughs> You're giving up Danish foods? No. <laughs> I feel like the word around the office is Dan is the chocolate guy. Oh, he's just going for the chocolate. Here comes Dan again. <laughs> It usually it is like at the front desk where we have people, and I usually just go over and I'm just like, "Hey, just reach over, snag." snag it's it's in your over. reception area of your home, <laughs> exactly. Or Snickers or Kit Kat or you know. The receptionist is always pissed because you know they're for the visitors; they're not for the employees actually working. But nope, Dan always comes in, takes a little handful. Paige, I'm gonna give this one a shot. We're going to test the old willpower out. We're going to hop off of social media for Lent. Ooh. Whoa. That's like a real one. Wait, yeah. are you actually going to do it? Idea for a while. We've had some, you know, some nice dinners over the uh, topic and conversation. And uh, I think it'll help me. I'm just fucking slammed with work. So I think it's a good time to just try and recenter a little bit and uh, give it a shot. Each of these wow. episodes are going to be so interesting to you now, Paige. We'll be like, have you heard this? No. What's happened? What the fuck's going on? How yes. are you going to share the podcast, Paige? I will, oh. not be, I will lean on the rest of my podcast crew to share the podcast for me. Wow. I could not do this. I would be so out of touch with life. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do it. I couldn't. Yeah. 40 days? 40 days? I respect it, though. I'm yeah. on Twitter right now. We we all know that feeling of shame when you get your weekly uh, screen time message. Oh. And you're just like, oh, my God, this is... There's yeah, people terrible. outside. I should be talking or, like, running... I turned, that, I turned that notification off a long time ago. <laughs> I keep it just to... Just to know my sin. <laughs> Zamblin? <clears throat> well, I was going to say I, I was going to give up uh, Rose Hour's uh, chicken tenders, but then Jake took the fried food. So, <laughs> how often are you going to Rose Hour? <laughs> that is hours the most specific. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I get like two or three tenders, maybe like two times a week and then i like toss them in a sauce and then broil them so they're like a little crispy Ooh. 
but yeah, they're, they're pretty fucking good. Except I made the last one too spicy. So that kind of sucks. But <clears throat> makes it easier I, to give up. <laughs> well, no, what I'm giving up is sparkling water. Because why? I, <laughs> so it's so tempting. My parents have like a, the Kirkland 48 pack variety, you know, and I find myself drinking those more than I drink actual water. And I think if I just drink water from a water bottle, I'll consume more water and be more healthy. <laughs> That's really interesting. Fair. Yeah. Passion fruit is my favorite for sure. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I will be giving up a twofer, a twofer for the people. I do this every year. Same thing I always do. Chips and soda. I'll be giving up chips and soda. That's that's a great all, one. All chips, all soda pop. Thank you for your service, Zane. Wait, so no chips and salsa? No chips and salsa. <sighs> What sales are taking a hit? What about weekends? <laughs> you normally drink. What? What? What does your normal like soda intake look like on a normal basis? That's not much. What are you drinking a week, Zane? Uh, a week, two, three, two, three sodas a week. What? What's your go-to soda? I'm a diet coke man myself. Mm. Oh no, I'm not a diet coke. I I like. Uh, oh god, if I had to choose. Wait, fuck. Have, a, have a guess. <laughs> Go ahead. Is it Haritos? That's a good one. That's a good one. It's just usually not readily available. Uh, a nice, <laughs> a nice Coca Cola. Always like you crack the can, just ah, it's always so nice. Um, I like root beer. I like root beer. A Sprite, uh, a Hangover Sprite is arguably the best soda, like best liquid consumption in the world. Could not agree more. Yeah. Big, big fan of those in our household here. Ooh, a hungover McDonald's breakfast and a Sprite. Usually I can't get up early enough for <laughs> breakfast if I'm too hungover <laughs> at McDonald's. All right, boys. So now that we've all said them, should we throw some juju on this and, you know, say, you know, we're doing this for the Zags. And if anyone breaks their promise, it's a curse. Oh God, no! I don't. I, I don't trust myself. <laughs> the the one I'd be worried about is J Page because that's just. I would definitely say J Page is the hardest. Would you guys agree? Yeah, that, yeah that's I'm hard. Gonna do some, like if I break it, I have to do the wing challenge, and I'll just fucking shut it off. Hot take: I think Dan accidentally breaks his like in the first two days. <laughs> Dan will probably turn <laughs> off this podcast and be talking to Katie and just absolutely grabbing a chocolate. I feel like he'll just walk. He'll be walking, talking, just grab one. Won't even think twice about it because it's that one's more routine than the rest of ours. I guess the sparkling water sounds pretty routine. Yeah, if it's sitting there tempting you all the time, like I just won't buy soda and chips, so it won't be that that difficult. Yeah, the worst part about the sparkling water is it's right. so it's right below where all the dog treats are. And so in this house, they go out to the bathroom. Hey, good job. Here's the treat. And yeah, it's going to be hard. But so I will. You've kind of been training yourself too. It's like a, a <laughs> Pavlov's dog. 
No, I will say the chicken chews from Trader Joe's, those things are money. Big bag, you can break them up into small pieces. What is a chicken chew? A chicken chew? It's like a, imagine like a beef stick, but dried and chicken. Is it for dogs? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought we were still talking about things you like oh, no, put no, no. sauces <laughs> on and ate. I was very, <laughs> I was worried. I was worried for you. I mean, they do look kind of good, but. <laughs> Damn, and in other news, it looks like Alabama is probably going to win this game, huh, boys? Yeah, Brandon Miller's did it again. Pew, pew, pew. He drove and scored high off the glass. God, this is weird watching. I don't like this. This is uncomfortable. What are they reviewing here? How much time is left? Time left on the clock. All right, but this is I mean, bad, bad podcasting. Uh, anyone else for for Lenten? What do we? Let's predict what Cooper's giving up. <laughs> <laughs> Chicken masala, um, <laughs> Chipotle. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. What what is what are Cooper's vices? Adult film productions. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Man, I, I really hope like people have to watch the whole or listen to the whole pod to, to this, this part. What are the odds he actually does? I think honestly, like he, that would be something weird that he would commit to. <laughs> I don't want to know anything about that. Okay. I'm going to say he gives up uh, Be Real. Oh, I have to give no, up. No, Cooper could never, he could never give up social media like Paige. Paige is now realizing <laughs> no more Be Reals. Because Venmo is technically like, a social media platform. <laughs> I need uh, some kind of comp- competition here to, to pull through. I can go for a while, but 40 days. 40 days is a while. Like, and I feel like I could go for like 48 hours and then I'd be like, this is dumb. What am I doing? <laughs> you just watch Sports Center instead of Twitter, man. Just, but Sports Center just repeats like after a while. Oh, I would watch that loop. I would watch that loop like five times in a row when I was a kid. I'll watch the 10. I'll miss as soon as the Gonzaga games come on, like I'll miss Gonzaga Twitter as much as like I miss it because I hate it, you know? Yeah, but it's always something to read about. Yeah. I don't know, man. All right. We'll see how long I last. But uh sounds yeah. like this podcast story is- of his life. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like this podcast is coming to an end. <laughs> uh, Bells is happy to be on the mic with y'all again. It's a good time. Um, you guys won't be hearing from me other than in the group chat. So uh, if you guys could relay the messages out through the Twitter, that would be much appreciated. We're basically going to be your Twitter thread. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. actually what sounds kind of nice. What if we send links? Are you going to like be able to open the link? No, absolutely you can not. Read it, but not click the link, right? That, oh my god, weird. we could end this for a page so quickly if we just like, oh my god, did you guys hear about Drew Timmy? And then no one like actually clarifies what we're talking about. Oh, the amount of Padre setup we can do. He's oh, oh, popped again. Oh man, 
That's where you guys can get me is Padres. And we're going to sprinkle in some truths, too. We're going to be real subtle about this. <laughs> Come on, guys. Come on. It's a, There's Zach Juju on this. We don't want to fuck it up. That's fair. That's fair. Um, what the fuck just happened in this game? <laughs> that was the dumbest play ever. Wait, what happened? All right, let's cancel the let's let's end the show so we can watch the end of this game. All right, all right. Oh, shit. What is this? Adios, friends. <laughs> See you guys next week. Go Zags. Go Zags.